I'm Alec Miller. I'm Tai Seifu. Welcome to another episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast. The first one of the month of October. The first one in which the NHL regular season has actually begun. As of about four minutes ago, the Sharks and Predators are playing. And fun fact I saw, to emphasize just how ridiculous and uh, fake these games are, San Jose and Nashville actually aren't even required to be cap compliant for them. Oh, no fucking way. <laughs> yeah. They still have like a bunch of people on their training camp rosters who like made the trip with them. Wow. So they so they don't have to be roster number compliant, but cap compliant either, right? Are they still like right. under the, they have like 10% um, like offseason cap bonus? Uh yeah, they still because it applies the uh the roster deadline, which I think is on Monday, applies to the other teams and to them as well. So just uh are they playing one or two regular They're season two games? Seasons, yeah. Okay, so two regular season games in which they just have extra roster. Yeah, extra extra cap space. This is <laughs> this is a time for a one day contract where they actually played if there was <laughs> one. Um but yeah, no, that's just a Mickey Mouse shit. Um, full slate of preseason games tonight <laughs> for most teams. Um, and then you have this random Friday 2 p.m. game uh, between these two relevant teams. So, yeah, the, the, the season has officially begun. If you are doing your fantasy draft this weekend, you're late. Uh, and it sucks to be in your league. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're, there were a whole bunch of signings as, uh, you know, season comes to, it, comes to an open. These, these negotiations tend to tighten up uh, because a lot of these players don't want to discuss contracts during the season so you see stuff gets done so uh yeah we saw a whole bunch of big ones actually um and where shall we begin let's start with the most recent one right. hot off the presses from like about an hour ago uh here's a fun tweet from someone i'd never heard of yep uh named dean mulberg sure. at 960 boomer it's like a fella uh his his uh bio says old dog new tricks barn burner podcast with flames nation on the nation network i wouldn't listen to him and here's his, his tweet. Here's take. Huberdo won't sign. He wants to play in Montreal. This is like the SpongeBob style, like alternating okay. capital lowercase letters. Kadri yeah. already turned down a trade to Calgary. Uyghur is a rental. He wants to play in Ottawa. Eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the tweet. You know what? Hard to argue with him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like our, our big reservations about this trade, one of them at least was their ability to resign um, Huberto, but mostly Uyghur because we thought he was the more valuable piece. Uh, and he signed an eight by $6.25 million contract. And for a guy who's kind of established himself in Florida as a bona fide number one defenseman, uh, can't help but feel that this is very low. And yeah, this is a guy who seems to be like constantly undervalued by the, by the league. And I think um, this is reflected in his, in his new contract. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, some will say, like, oh, no, it takes him until he's 37, uh, which, you know, contract may very well look bad by then. Uh, one thing to note is that the last season or the past two seasons of Mackenzie Uyghur's career have been his best ones, and he is, I believe, 29 now. Um, so he is a late bloomer. He, he didn't really crack the NHL at all until he was, like, 25 years old, I think, after being passed over in his first draft year, being a seventh-round pick, that type of thing. So this is probably the type of player who may sustain this level of play or something close to it throughout most of his 30s. Uh, second thing to note is that uh, the Flames window is, is the present day. So similarly to the Huberto contract, that will probably age quite badly. Uh, if this one ages badly as well, uh, well, that's okay for Calgary as long as they will have maximized uh, these next three years or so uh, and chase their dreams of winning a Stanley Cup. Right. Let's hope they achieve them. Um, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's right. It's, it really is the next three years, now that they've got this kind of new core, quote-unquote, locked in, um, they, can, they can really go for it. The roster's still pretty well-constructed. Uh, and, like, you know, you've got the Lucic money cutting out the book, so they're not completely locked up moving forward. Um, so, yeah, the, 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 the window begins. I think that's, that's great work for Trilliving, not just on this contract specifically, because it is quite a bargain, um, but just uh, having that kind of assurance moving forward it's clear that you know he was kind of like definitely spooked out at some point to some degree um by what happened with Gaudreau um but I don't think it led it like it led him to panicking and overpaying Uyghur in particular Huberto is a slightly different yeah. story maybe but not this one yeah uh the other the other big deal or one of the other big deals uh the last big name RFA on the market signed Jason Robertson four years 7.75 AAV my first thought when I looked at it was, 
I guess that must take him right to UFA. I was mistaken. It it takes up uh, that's his last year of RFA eligibility. Um, so I'm I was left scratching my head, kind of thinking, uh, what does Jason Robertson have to to benefit from this? And the only thing I kind of think of is he's kind of hoping for a similar angle, uh, that Matthew Kachuk had, in which after this four year deal is up, he can angle for uh, an extremely high qualifying offer. Uh, and if he wanted to, could take, you know, a very expensive one-year deal and then force his way out of town the year after that. Um, but if that's something you maybe would prefer to do on a three or maybe even a two-year deal. Like, four years, that's not super short. That doesn't just go by like that. This is a chunk of Jason Robertson's prime, if not the best years of his, his career, that he's kind of waiting for the opportunity to drive up the price. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even, like, qualifying offer-wise, it doesn't really make sense because, like, the qualifying offer, I think they restructured it uh in in the modified cba right where you don't get uh your Q, your qualifying offer based off your last year's salary it's just straight up aav um so you know you look at what 7.75 million dollars right now he's worth like, like what nine ten for the production he gives and so who knows like you know how much more that'll be in four years and so the qualifying offer will, will still be a bargain relative to, to his value so you know uh, my immediate reaction to this and my reaction still is this guy needs to get a new agent um <laughs> he did not maximize the bag in any what way uh whether it's you know he there there were two real options it was to you know extort the stars for a long-term contract that paid him like a shit ton of money and buy into his ufa years or get a bridge deal like one or two years uh till you know we know the stars are really up the cap right now um it's just a matter of okay you know get to a year where they have that cap space then kind of boost up the value they, they do this kind of middle of the road shit uh, for four years where he's underpaid for four full years. Uh, and yeah, you're right. I, I don't see the logic whatsoever. Doesn't take him to UFA and will still be an RFA after being underpaid for four years. Here's, here's some logic. Let's see if this makes sense. Okay. I think like three or four years from now is about when the cap is projected to shoot up, up into like the low 90, let's say. So I could foresee a situation where, you know, say Jason Robertson continues this level of production or even maybe improves, the cap is at, like, I don't know, 93 million at that point, and Jason Robertson ends up being worth, like, a 12.5 or 13 million AAV by that point. And we may look at that, this span of eight years in the end, and Jason Robertson will have actually come out on top compared to, say, if he signed, like, an eight by, let's say, like, the Barzal deal right now. Right. I think you're right. I, I think even the long-term deal, um, I've talked about it before, uh, it's with the cap going up. We know it's going up. They released the numbers like two weeks ago, I think. Um, they're expecting to go up like five million in two years, another five million in, in three years. Um, it doesn't make sense to to lock in at eight years, and so all these contracts already kind of suspect. Um, so yeah, but like this doesn't prevent him from taking like a two year deal, uh, where they they already project a five million bump then, and just keep taking shorter term deals. Uh, and then you know instead of you know over the next course the next four years. You get $7 million a year, maybe get, you know, an average of $9 million a year, and then you can still get your payday in four or five years, right? So, yeah, I, it just, there seems to be some sort of lack of long-term vision from, from the agent. How, I think it's only a matter of time before a star player like this is like, I'm only ever taking one-year deals all the time, trying to maximize my value every single year. And someone at this level, it may make sense, you know, because um, obviously there's the injury risk or whatever. Um, but first of all, it is quite rare that a player, well, okay. I mean, there's always, you know what I'm saying? The number is relatively small of a player who will, you know, sustain an injury that will dramatically decrease their value forever. So say, you know, Jason Robertson, for example, say he's like, you know, very steadfast on a one-year deal. And, uh, well, I guess, I guess, okay. Maybe, maybe RFA doesn't make much sense because Jason Robertson say, asking for a one-year deal would probably not even be able to command 7.75 right once you get to hmm? you think so well i think he, he well, well he could to, yeah. he could yeah. but based on this deal that happened yeah. he wouldn't have gotten yeah. it um once a player like this gets to ufa years uh and you start you know asking one-year deals all of a sudden you have a bunch of teams who would be willing to give you uh much more aav than they would be willing to give you over the long term right i think there's two factors though. i think one i think the nhl players are much more conservative than say like the nba um, like financially, I think they prefer that security. Uh, where like the NBA, we do see like you know like LeBron James taking one year contract over and over, uh, and really maximizing it. And, and the other point is, you you bring up the RFA thing. I feel like 
the, the RFA structure in the NHL right now takes them to such a late age, right? Mm-hmm. Where by the time you do become an RFA, like 27, 28, um, it's, it's, you know, you can take that one-year deal maybe twice before it gets kind of risky and you probably do want to take eight years if it's offered to you because it'll take you till you're like, you know, 38. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Amen. Very good point. Thank you. All right. Uh, anyway, let's talk about that other deal then, mm-hmm. Matthew Barzal. Uh, this one is uh, it's interesting, let's say, because you know, I mean, we have talked about how like, oh, these these players taking eight-year deals when the cap's gonna go up might not be so great. I think this is a situation where that doesn't really apply yeah. because <laughs> because Barzal, uh, I think he's is still kind of riding the rookie year pedigree of you know scoring 85 points in his rookie year then all of a sudden he hasn't come anywhere close to that in the like four or five years since then and part of that i think some are speculating is to do with barry trotz's lock it down system style which worked very well for the islanders team success and that they didn't have much talent like barzal i don't know if lane lambert is the type of coach to kind of open things back up again and maybe Matthew Barzal unlo- re-unlocks uh, that that uh, level of offense. But considering he worked under Barry Trotz and was alongside them for the runs to the conference finals, I don't necessarily uh, foresee that. So you look at like Barzal's raw production over the past few years. I I have a hard time believing he amounts as any- to anything more than like a sixty or sixty-five point score and a playmaker at that. Like he's. He's, his career high is 22 goals. He's never really been a goal scorer. And he's never been particularly great defensively either. And now he's getting paid like, you know, the, the key cog of the Islanders' offense, which, I mean, to be fair, he, he kind of is. <laughs> Nobody else there. <laughs> but but uh, the offense hasn't been that great with him as the key cog. So, so this uh, deal is not a commitment I would have been eager to make. No, I don't think so. I think it, it pays him above market value. I think it, it's up for debate whether he's worth nine million dollars especially in a few years um because he is quite good like at aspects of like you know like the transition game for instance or just playmaking in general um where you know he's a solid number one center um is he like elite number one center i think we've seen no the production has gone down he scored like what 15 goals last year uh so yeah the the the, the raw offensive pro- production isn't quite there but i think you know from from what he brings in the underlying i think you could make the argument that he approaches that value, but I don't think, you know, if he went on the open market, um, well, maybe, well, you know what I mean? Like in a, in a different, if he was an RFA on a different team uh, and, and it wasn't Lou, I don't really see the, the GM kind of caving and giving him this much money. See, I'm surprised that Lou would have caved and given him this much money because Lou is kind of known for, uh, you know, caving into the Matt Martins and Cal Clutterbucks of the world. But, you know, playing hard ball with his start just early this summer. Like Johnny Gaudreau, he was like, I'm not going over nine for Gaudreau. Tough shit. Went over nine with Matthew Barzal. So I don't know if it's like a, a star thing, but maybe at this point in his career, it's more of a loyalty thing where he's like, oh, yeah, I'll pay the guys who are already here and love the Islanders or whatever. I, I cannot begin to analyze what the fuck is going What's on. What's going on in his brain? <laughs> it is fucking geriatric brain. Um, but maybe maybe he's thinking that. Would I put that outside of the realm of possibility? Absolutely not. So, yeah. Who, know, who knows what Lou is thinking? Maybe he's looking at the underlying analytic numbers. I strongly doubt it. Um, and, yeah, I'm convinced this guy just gives out contract based on vibes. <laughs> at this point, how much he, the grumpy old man likes these players. Uh, cause, uh, this, I don't think he knows what he's doing. That's Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a fun headline. Yeah. Pivoting to something else. Go for it. Shane writes, likely spending season with Kraken. GM Ron Francis says. Did you see this? I did see this. On, on theathletic.com. He wrote to another segment of, uh, of reading paywalled content for free. <laughs> Uh, I'll read some of it, obviously, not all of it. Shane Wright is likely spending his entire rookie season in the NHL with the Seattle Kraken, according to general manager Ron Francis. I don't want to draw a line in the sand, but I would think he's with us for the year, Francis told the athletic Prilebrun. It's just a matter of how things go and managing it, but I think he'll be fine. He's fit right in. He does a lot of good things. 
There's our quote. Ron Farrington. <laughs> There's a lot of Which a okay. slight surprise, I think. Not really. I mean, I do think Shane Wright is the most NHL-ready player coming out of this draft class. I think he's the best one in the draft class as well. Um, I looked at the makeup of the Kraken forward, and it kind of felt like they were getting ready to like send him back to junior, which I think would have been fine. Especially, you know, you have Matty Beniers breaking into the NHL. I know sometimes teams want to let, will, like stagger the rookies unless it's you're sure they're all ready at the exact same time. Um, but especially because this team probably isn't going to be that good, and it's not like Shane Wright was dominating junior at like McDavid levels or any anything like that. It might have made sense made sense to send him back, but I guess they're Ron Francis said uh, he does good things and he's fit right in, so he's on the team. Yeah, I I think this this is uh they got to be careful, just like any any team playing a like a you know like a big time prospect straight out of their draft. Uh, you got to be careful in managing him because, yeah, you, you throw him off the deep end uh, and you can absolutely stunt his development. And I think we've seen the Habs do that often. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's just a matter, matter of, like, can this organization develop their young talent? Obviously, this organization itself is too young for us to make, like, a proper assessment of that right now. Uh, but, yeah, I think that, I think this, that success uh, will depend wholly on, like he said, the key word is managing it. Uh, I really think that's where the key is. Um, and as for, uh, you know, the draft pick as a whole, I think, yeah, I agree. Uh, this guy seemed like the best player out of the draft and I think we nitpicked the shit out of him, um, or, or the, the general populace did to compare him to, uh, I don't know, Slavkovsky looks right now, which is, uh, quite underwhelming if you look at the preseason, um, but also just, you know, as a prospect as a whole. Um, yeah, I think Harsh. early, early <laughs> takes, early takes, it seemed to indicate that, uh, Shane Wright is currently in the lead between the two or even really anybody out of this draft class. Another high pick from the draft, second overall, uh, Simon Nemich, who's been at the Devil's Camp. I don't think he's going to make the team. Lindy Ruff had like a strange comment about him a few weeks ago that I just thought of, Yeah, which is basically like he's, he tries to do too much. He needs to like settle down and play more simple, uh, which is not something you necessarily want to tell a high-ceiling offensive <laughs> defenseman. He was 18 years old. He's playing like in North America for the first time. Um, God. Anyway, Slavkovsky, this, I had thought like, I don't think he's going to make the team. Even before training camp, I was like, there is kind of a forward log jam in Montreal. Send him to the Rocket. Now, um, despite the fact that, as you said, he has a slightly underwhelming preseason, now with Mike Hoffman day-to-day, Christian Dvorak day-to-day, he might make the team just, like, out of necessity. Hmm. That's true, eh? Yeah. As a, well, on which, what, what, does he play the right wing? He plays the right wing, right? He plays left wing, okay. I think, right. mostly. Okay. Well, there you go. He might get it, but he just, he looks so undeveloped. Um, even yeah. if even if it is a matter of like necessity, like what you need him to play on your forty point team, like fuck. I would disagree. I would entirely disagree with that notion that I just said of out of necessity. That's just kind of the words that are being thrown around. Okay. I would have a ton of other players. Like I'd put Michael Pizzetta on the fourth line, or Rem Pitlick, or Alex Belzeal. You know, I'd throw one of them on my shitty team, yeah. uh, and just tell Safkovsky, you know, spend the entire year in the American Hockey League. Because it's good for players' development to have, you know, consistency, to know what the plan is. You're not playing in the NHL this year. Yeah, absolutely. Spend well, the entire, on the top line with the Laval Rocket and get better. Yeah. There's, we've seen the Habs fucking yo-yo their players. Uh, this, if they were to do it immediately out of the draft for their number one pick, uh, that would be bonkers. But, yeah, I mean, if he makes a team, I don't think that's a good choice. Um, if he makes a team, I don't think he's going to stick around for very long. I don't think he's going to be good enough. <laughs> not gonna be good enough to be an NHL forward right now. Uh, beyond the fourth line, and so if he's not, what's the point? What are you What are you doing? Uh, in terms of helping his development, you're not maximizing anything. Uh, just send him, send him down. We are halfway through the Sharks Predators first period. Yep. The score is one one. Uh, would you like to guess who scored for each team? Okay. Um, Timo Meyer. Uh, no. Okay. Uh, and Philip Forsberg. No. Okay. Matt Duchesne. No. All right, we're done here. One more Sharks guess. Okay. Since you did two Preds guesses. Tomas Hurdle. Yeah. Let's go. I you one more because I thought you might get it. But the first goal of the game was scored a minute and one second in oh. uh, by Nashville's Kiefer Sherwood. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking about before we started recording. Oh, like, way. Kiefer Sherwood's oh, playing. Way. Whoa, oh, crazy. I didn't even know what team was playing on prior to the recording this podcast. And he scored a goal, assisted by Matthias Ekholm and Ryan McDonough. So for a brief moment, Kiefer Sherwood was the NHL goals leader. He still is. 
Well, tied for the lead. Still but makes him the leader. leader. <laughs> I suppose it does. Maybe he'll get another goal later in the game. There we go. So there's your breaking news, uh, breaking news update um, mm-hmm. for the game we all care about and are watching. Uh, all right. Fun thing with Nashville. Yeah. Uh, you said you hadn't watched that the video of Cody Glass that was going around. I had not. About David Poyle telling him that he's made the team is how it was branded. It actually, he just said, like, we're taking you to Europe with us on our trip. I think he's in the lineup. And I think it's pretty implied that, like, you know, he's he's made the team. But I don't know if Nashville's actually officially, like, made their final cuts. Because as I mentioned off the top, um, these teams didn't have to. And I know the Sharks didn't. I know the Sharks are, like, overflowing with players. Um, they have, well, all right, let me check on Cap Friendly right now. Nashville officially on their roster uh okay this is incorrect i think because they list 11 forwards and cody glass isn't one of them so okay here we go lineups edited six minutes ago okay yeah so they have not made their final cuts yet but cody glass is in the lineup so i think it's probably a safe bet to say he's made the team uh guys like philip tomasino and zach sanford are scratches mm. Somebody um, named Cole Smith is playing on fucking yeah, Cole Cody Smith Glass's is, wing. Who is this? Yeah, Cole Smith and Eli Tolvanen are with Cody Glass on that fourth line. Uh, anyway, that Cody Glass video basically, you know, he got called into the office. David Porter was like, you know, you've been working hard this summer and blah, 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 blah. And we're taking you to Europe with us. And Cody Glass started to tear up because, you know, he was a high pick and apparently like a lot of, had a lot of pressure in Vegas or whatever from being their first ever draft pick and didn't live up to it and he got traded and he's just been like trying to break through and now he's made the predators out of camp so let's see if see if he can stick with it yeah how old is this guy he's like, okay he's only 23 yeah yeah what's yeah. all the pressure cody calm it down but uh, sixth overall pick he was the guy vegas was like no we're not trading for eric carlson oh yeah <laughs> remember this yeah. why does wise decision well yeah. well if they just had him for that one year then I bet they would have beaten the Sharks yeah. that season in the playoffs who had him instead. I think that's who they were playing. That's a good point. So, big regret there. Uh, but uh, still a good story, I guess. Congratulations, Cody Glass. Um, yeah, I haven't watched the video. I'll take your word for it. That uh, got emotional. And uh, he's uh, just hyped to go to Europe is another explanation. And play. Exactly. Here's a fun game. What do you think are the odds he will have scored a point by the time we're done the episode? Um, the odds? I'm going to yeah. say 12%. That's slightly high. Yeah. No, it's not. Nah, it's, mm, two periods, no? It is like two and a half periods left. Yeah. But also, it is Cody Glass getting a point. Yeah. On that fourth line next to Cole Smith. And Illy Tolvanen. 8%. Oh, you're down to 8? Yeah. I was going to say like 10. Okay. There will be never be a way to prove which one of us was correct. Hundred percent not. No, no matter what happens. Yeah, we're just this is the most arbitrary fucking exercise. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, actually, so we have kind of been trying to go a little quickly through this episode because we have this uh, room today for less time than normal, but we've been flying through these topics. Maybe a little bit too fast because we're only like twenty four minutes in. Darn. And we've already gotten through uh, a number of points. We yeah. still have some other things. Maybe we can spend a little more time on them. Like Jake, Jake Allen, Allen, if we have if we have anything to say sure. about this new deal Jake Allen signed. I remember the exact AAV, I believe it was two years, a little under four million. And this kind of does send the message that they're expecting Jake Allen to be the starter during the rebuild. Which I think was very, you know, it was pretty much explicitly stated by I believe it was Martin St. Louis who had that poetic statement about how Jake Allen is uh, planting the seeds of a tree of of which you will never get to enjoy the shade or something like that. Did you see <laughs> yeah, this? I saw it. I, yeah. I saw it. I, I think I see it as he, you know, got a good chunk of money from that. Yeah, that's your, that's <laughs> and thing. a guaranteed starter position that he probably wasn't going to get elsewhere. Um, so I don't know about fucking planting trees. I think <laughs> Jake Allen just took the best professional opportunity available to him. Uh, and credit him for that. Uh, $3.85 million, I think, is the exact value. Uh, yeah, that seems fine for a starting goalie. Um, Jake Allen's okay, and, well, he's like 32. So, yeah, he's like, like a solid rebuild goalie. Probably above average for a rebuild goalie. But then again, like, I think it's 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 fine not to have a dog shit goalie while you tank. I, I think, think, yeah, because they're, 
I don't think Montreal is tanking. I think they are rebuilding, or at least that's how they see it. So they they don't want they didn't want to be like the Peter Mrazek Alex Daylock tandem camp like Chicago's yeah. in. They're not gunning for Bedard. So I think in that sense, Jake Allen isn't a great tank goalie, but he is a great rebuild goalie. That's kind of what they want because, you know, you don't want your goalie to be too good, but you also don't want you know your young players to get used to playing in front of the shittiest goalie in the world. Right, exactly. In front of fucking Logan Thompson or something like that. Why is he your example? What's so wrong with Logan I, Thompson? I'm going to keep taking pot shots at that fucking team and their, their lack of goalie. Or Aiden like, Hill. Go for like go for Martin Jones or something. Yeah, or, or go for Chicago. Go for Morazic. Okay, next time. Next time. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah, I think, man, that's, that's, that's just so funky. That, 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 you know, because we've lived under the Price era for the Habs where he's been like a really, really good goalie, um, if not one of the best. And now, you know, Jake Allen, what is he, like, probably, like, 27th best starter out there, and it's going to be interesting. Like, you think about it, you know, he... That's low. That's low? That's too... Yeah. yeah. Compare him to the other starting goalies in the NHL. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let's do this. Okay. Let's spend time this on this This is now. where we're... All right, this is, this is what we're doing. So, are we going starting goalies, like, this year? Because, no, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, because then for Vegas, that would probably be Logan Thompson. Uh, and I would rank Jake Allen ahead of right, Logan right, Thompson. Right, right. Um, let's say yes. yes. Yes, for the purpose of this exercise, yes. All right. Let's go alphabetical order, team by team. Okay. I'll name starting goalies. You tell me if you would rank them uh, ahead or below Jake Allen yeah. in terms of how good will they be this season. I'm already, I'm already thinking of Anaheim, and it's hard. But go ahead. John Gibson. <laughs> that's the first one. It's <laughs> tough, isn't it? That one's hard. That one's tricky. I think I would prefer John Gibson. I feel like he brings the upside. Even okay. though he can be outright bad sometimes. But how about Karel Vimelka? Okay. I'll give you, give you uh, Jake Allen's better than him. All right, thought so. Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy Swayman's better. Eric Comrie. Oh, okay, well, okay, we're we're getting the bad teams out of the way. Um, <laughs> Jake Allen. Okay. I'll pick Jake Allen. All right, great. That's two. Okay. I'm counting on my fingers. Oh, the goalies, starting goalies that are worse than yeah. Jake Allen. Jakob Markstrom. Okay, Markstrom. Frederick Anderson. Mar- Anderson. Peter Mrazek. Okay, fair enough. Peter Mrazek. There we go. All right. Uh, Alexander Georgiev. I'll take Georgiev. Really? Yeah, I would. What if I, even if I said, well, how about Francois? Because we're not totally sure, but I won't. Still French. I would probably prefer Alan to either one of yeah. them. But this is you we're talking yeah. about, not sure. me. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. on. Spot. You know, like, no, like, I'm thinking, like, you know, like, Colorado, uh, would I feel better, like, heading into the season if I had just traded for Jake Allen for, like, a second Yes, pick? absolutely. Yeah, you think? I think so. Georgiev's never been a starter. Last year he was like a sub nine hundred. It was a shitty backup player, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Sure. Yeah. All right. Because you drafted, I drafted him for fantasy him and then felt did, felt bad right away. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Elvis Merzlikin. How did Elvis do last year? I don't think it was particularly spectacular. I, was he? Was he? Was he dog shit last year? Or was that the year before? Corpus Hollow's been dog shit. Okay. Dog shit. Merzlikens. He's been fine. Not a seven nine sixteen. In the last two years. Performed to Allen. I, no, I'll take Allen. Okay, I was not expecting yeah. that verdict. Uh, All right, Jake Ottinger. Okay, Ottinger. Billy Husso. Take Billy Husso. Jack Campbell. Campbell. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky. Jonathan Quick. <laughs> we had that one good season, huh? Last year. He he bounced back slightly. Okay. Dick Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're at five oh, now. No, we're, at five. we're only at L. This is horrendous. Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, take Fleury. All right, Jake Allen. I'll take Jake Allen. All right, nice. You see sorrow. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood. Dick Allen. Hey, right, okay. that's that's six. I've crossed the that's threshold. Okay. Ilya Sorokin. Sorokin. Igor Shesterkin. Shesterkin. Cam Talbot. Talbot. That was quick. Yeah. That was surprisingly quick. Yeah, I'm like sold on. Like, All right. Or sure. especially if it's Talbot or Forsberg even. Okay. Yeah. Carter Hart. Take Carter Hart. Okay. Yep. Tristan Jari. Jari. James Reimer. <laughs> take uh take Jake Allen. Woo, seven. Oh, All right. Philip Grubauer. Oh, yikes. Yikes. It's a tricky this one. This is hard because, you know, I get the feeling he'll bounce back because, you know. Slightly. How bad. You, you can't replicate what he did last season. Yeah. Take Grubauer. 
I'll say it's a fluke. Okay. I'll say it's a fluke. I'd bank on. Okay. I'd bank okay. on a Grubauer comeback. Jordan Binnington. Big Binnington. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky. Mm-hmm. Vasilevsky. Matt Murray. <laughs> Based off his two preseason shoutouts, maybe I'll take Murray. No, Allen. Okay, okay. Thatcher Demko. Demko. Uh, Logan Thompson slash Aiden yeah, Hill. I think, uh, take a fuck. I'll take fucking troll under the bridge before I play. It's <laughs> 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 like Coley. <laughs> yeah, I think Jake Allen. All right, I believe that's nine. Uh, Darcy Kemper. Take Kemper. And Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, I take Connor Hellebuck. All right, so it looks like if we count backwards here, one, Jake Allen, you think, is the 23rd best starter in the NHL, as opposed to the 27th. Okay. QED. <laughs> the proof has been solved. <laughs> My approximation was poor. <laughs> I'm glad we went through that exercise. Uh, where are you keeping count? Where do you, where do you have him pinned? Um, I would probably have him uh, pretty much there, yeah. give or take a few goalies okay. that we might have differed on. Sure. But yeah, 23rd All or right. so. Solid. You want to go through the exercise with you? No, I'm just kidding. No. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, it wasn't already a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's official. Uh, print the fucking headlines. Jake Allen's your 23rd, <laughs> 23rd. best <laughs> The 23rd best starter in the NHL. Um, yeah. If we ran through the backups, too, maybe some would shove him on the list a bit. Yeah, exactly. Probably not much, though. Yeah, you're right. Probably barely. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we went through that exercise. Um, okay. PTOs. Shall we do an update quickly? Yeah, since we fun, committed fun little to it PTO last week. Yeah. update. I should have gone back to see exactly what our predictions were. You can see what we got right, what we got wrong. Right away, though, like the day after we recorded, we got Nathan Bully wrong because yep. he signed with the Ducks Good for him. to be their number 11 defenseman <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, not quite. Probably number 8, if we're being honest. We were right about uh, Carolina signing Calvin DeHaan. Oddly, he and Nathan Bully got identical contracts. You start to see why one team won the division and the other one is toiling in the basement. Uh, the Kraken uh, brought back Daniel Sprung on a Ligman deal. Does I even have an opinion? I don't remember having an opinion. Having an opinion I think you Daniel said yes Sprung. and I said no oh, okay. to Sprung. All right. So Good for me. hold on on that one. Thank you. Uh, funnily, with Daniel Sprung, uh, I can check to verify this, but I think every season he's played in the NHL, uh, which he has played parts of many seasons, but he has not really ever played a full season. Last year was the most games he's ever played, which was 63, more or less a full season. Before that, he never played more than... Uh, oh, no, wait, 18, 19, he also played. Anyway, basically what I'm, what I'm trying to say is in a full season, he always has more goals than assists, or any season. First season he played in the NHL, played 18 games, two goals, no assists. A couple years later, uh, uh, or yeah, two years later, in eight games, two goals, one assist. Then another year, 14 goals, nine assists. Nope. All the time, all the time, Just, more goals than assists. Was that three seasons or four? I lost count. That was three seasons, but in total there are five seasons, are part which parts of which he's played in the NHL. Okay. Always more goals than assists. Wow. So, what a, what a goal scorer! What an absolute sniper! He's getting, he's getting his two out of three yeah. points are goals. Good shit. Good shit. Uh, so yeah, that's you know I I have nothing else to say about Daniel Sprong. Who else was there? Who was released from the? Yeah, that's PTO? the. I was gonna say the yeah. more interesting part. Is who's been released from uh, PTOs, and funnily, uh, well, Calgary released Cody Egan along with Sonny Milano, who was generally looked upon as like by far the best player on a PTO. He was kind of uh, not very impressive. Yeah, apparently his last game he looked pretty quiet. And I don't want to give too much credence to this because this is the first time I've ever heard it. it but Sam Stern basically was like uh, on Twitter, you know, the fact that he's he's good but was released from a PTO should like. Tell you what you need to know, wink, wink, and then follow it up with like he's apparently just not a fun guy to be around. Okay, like in the locker room, like mean? people just don't like his personality. Is he just introverted, or is he an asshole? I Hard don't know. to say. I don't know. We'll okay, so just have to get to know him. Nothing. <laughs> so that's the rumor on Sonny Milano. He's classic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, those are unsubstantiated as of right now. Um. But yeah, it, it it really did seem like this was like the the firmest yes out of the bunch, and and Calgary would get a. Steal. I wasn't quite as confident as you yeah. were. My firmest yes was probably Calvin Hahn. Mm-hmm. I I honestly think so. I'm not just saying that because he signed now. Out of the ones remaining, the one I'm most confident in being a yes. Uh, I'm not particularly confident in any of them to be honest. The fact that Jason Demers is still around at Edmonton, actually no, Zach Aston Reese is the one I'm most confident in. Still. Zach Aston Reese, I'd give a, a reserved yes 
with like Footquick and Derek Broussard as well in Ottawa. I don't know if you saw his quote. He was like, I want to play the role here that Spezza played in Toronto the past few years. Wow. Which is, you know, a noble sentiment. Someone who's not anywhere close to as good as Jason Spezza. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I feel like that's, that's an appealing thing to, to say, especially for someone who's like, oh, that means he's going to, like, take a bunch of cheap deals yeah, leadership and, like, role. play on the fourth line. Leadership role, too, you know? Leadership role yeah. as well. So... There you have it. I would it. also like to be the Jason Spezza of any NHL team for whoever will have me. I'll try yeah, to fill that I role. Would, you know, I would like to be the Connor McDavid of this team, actually, please. Thank you. Um, see, but then the expectations are high. Uh, oh, yes. You played yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dirk Broussard. Okay, that'll be interesting. But yeah, they, it's interesting with uh, Zach Aston Reese. They're, they're taking their time. You think it's a cap thing? I feel like. I think it's a cap yeah. thing. I think they're just bringing it down to the wire. And they'll, I don't know, maybe see who has to claim on waivers or or whatever yeah. and then sign them. There you go. So, yeah, I think that's uh, from from day one when the PTO does announce Toronto. Uh, sound like a slam dunk for them. Yeah. Columbus released Victor Rask and James Neal. Okay. Neal, not a surprise. No, not at all. Victor Rask. We said yes. A bit. Did we say yes? I've said yes okay. to Victor Rask. Yeah. I don't remember what I said. Uh, but, uh, huh. Guess he just wasn't very good in camp. That's, that's the only takeaway yeah. I think there. One one that I was correct about and you were wrong was Nate Thompson, who did not sign oh. with the Kings. Yeah, Come that, on. Was, that was a weird. What, what were you thinking on that? Uh, I told you what I was thinking on that. Uh, it was a uh, second stint on the team. Face off guy. Face off guy, big tough guy. Leadership in the locker room. Um, it was mostly the second stint. You know, like they like him enough okay. to bring him back on a PTO. Maybe they like him enough to bring him back on the team. Doing like stuck shit. Uh, you know, you never. That's, 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 that was my guess. Went out on a limb because I, I am aware he's not an NHL player, and was not as of like four years ago. Well, I didn't, I didn't see this other one until just now. I'm looking at the cap yeah. list. Another player who was released, who was over a point a game in the preseason at last week when we checked. Tyler Pillick, huh. released by the Blues. Shame. He was up there on that leaderboard. I remember. Real shame. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Darn. What more could he have done? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> what were you trying to do? He had like four assists in three games. Yeah, I was nuts. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess the Blues are just that deep. Tyler Pitlick, watch out for him. He's to be signed by some shitty team, I'm sure. One more player I want to mention from the PTO list. Released. I guess the Vancouver Canucks defense ah, yes. was too good for Danny DeKaiser to crack. Ah, darn. A reminder that Jim Benning's not there anymore. That Danny DeKaiser didn't get a contract. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, that's that's a relief. But they're, it's not like their defense is any better shape because they didn't add anybody yeah. either. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Vancouver. That deal that Danny DeKaiser was coming off of with Detroit. How long was that? Is one of the very underrated what were they thinking deals because he had one year of at the age of like 24, 25, I think. Oh, playing on the top pair because like Nicholas Cronwall had just retired and they had no one. Yeah. They're like, oh well, he played a lot of minutes, so like six year, thirty million dollar deal or something crazy like that. That finally just ended. Whoa, that's gross. Let me go How see what it actually he? was. Uh, well, now he's thirty two, uh, and the deal he's coming off of was indeed signed summer twenty sixteen, six years, thirty million total. <laughs> oh my God, that's horrible. <laughs> It was it's a, terrible. It's a poor choice. Yep. Yep. Then he he was waived last year. He spent time. Oh, well, he didn't play in the minors, but I think he was waived. Okay. Now he's just a straight up UFA. Yeah. And doesn't sound like he's getting signed anywhere, as he as he should be. He's. Well, he got his bag. Good for him. Yep. He sure did. Yeah. Think about it. Imagine being as good as you are. You know, like not being worth thirty million dollars and having it anyway. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's quality, you know. Like what a defenseman of his caliber probably should have made around what ten over his career. You know, one nice three million dollars contract for three years, ten fifteen million dollars. I feel like that's an appropriate range. But he made thirty, so yeah. interesting. <laughs> it's a fun way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> what does this player actually deserve? Uh, all right, we are at the forty minute marker, so okay. Um, before we get to the trivia, uh, I will I will mention the Hockey Canada ongoings, uh, the second slash fund, uh, the the court appearance type thing. Uh, we're not going to dive too deeply into it. Um, it. 
because our thoughts basically have not changed since um, our episode from July 26th, where we dove into it quite deeply. Um, we stand by everything we said there. So uh, if you would like a refresher or if you haven't listened to it, uh, that's the episode that we would direct you to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, everything that kind of get, get, gets uncovered in these, in these parliamentary hearings and whatnot uh, just shows just how deeply rotten it is. Um, and yeah, we did talk about that back when. All right. Is that it for the news? Uh, yeah. Quick, we kind of ran through it. That's okay. Because now we have time to focus on trivia. Oh, yeah. What really matters Put me on the spot. Um, I think, well, I forgot I had to do this till a few hours ago. Fair. But, so I put it together quite quickly. Okay. Um, I think last year, in the, like right before the season started, you gave me a, a Who He Play For trivia. I'm doing it to you now. Oh. Um, I thought this might happen. This is, this yeah, is, yeah, have was, you been studying? I have not been studying. <laughs> okay. But this, of course, I think we, uh, so it's, we've stolen this idea from the Puck Soup podcast, but I believe they stole it from elsewhere. Yeah, so from... basically public domain at this point. <laughs> That's right. Um, <laughs> this is copyright proof. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know how this game works, it's very simple. I will name a player and Taisei will tell me what team he's on. Uh, I've, I've got a list of 10. Yeah. I think we'll make the threshold seven. Oh boy. That feels uh, high. I didn't want to make this too easy. Okay. I also, of course, didn't want to make it too medium either. I wanted to make it quite difficult. Actually. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> so It'll be a Charles Barkley moment. So One for ten. Go so, for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me just make. I do have ten players in this list, but yeah. Oh wait, what? Did I miscount? Uh, I'm only at nine. Oh my what? god. Okay, I got Cindy Crosby in there. Uh, I got to think of a, a a tenth one. Sorry, this this won't take very long. Okay. Uh, would you like to keep the people occupied while I think of a good name to add here? Um, sure. I've already got oh, one. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So. Who do you play for? So I don't have, I just have these in the order I thought of them, mm. basically. So that's the order we're going to go. Shoot. In. Ready? Yes. Curtis Lazar. Oh, fuck. Curtis Lazar. Curtis Lazar. Oh, I haven't heard that name in like years. <laughs> My God. Are they all off-season moves, by the way? Are they all on new teams? Uh. Yes, they are all on teams they were not on last okay. year. My God, this guy could play anywhere. Anaheim. <laughs> uh, wrong. Okay, he is on the Vancouver Canucks. You are over one. Wow, but that's a team I wouldn't have picked in my top twenty. <laughs> <laughs> but she's been on the Bruins the past few years. Remember, right? The Taylor Hall right, trade. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, no longer. That's there we go. Next up, Kevin Rooney. Oh, famously day one signing. Uh, for for Calgary, yes, they they uh, balanced uh, out slightly easier. They yes. balanced out the Johnny Gaudreau loss by signing Kevin Rooney. Yep. Next up, Riley Shahan. Interesting. Now that's a name. Uh fourth line festivities going on. Yeah, here. Just, yes, just really bottom of the barrel shit. Um, <laughs> hmm. What vibes does he get? There is no one on this list who belongs off of your bottom six. There's no one on this list who belongs out of a bottom six. Wow, thank you. How kind of you. Um, <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's go with Riley Shahan went to the Winnipeg Jets. Nope. Oh. After spending last year with the Kraken, he uh, returned for a second stint in Buffalo. Oh, okay. You are okay. yeah. one, four, three. Okay. Nick dad. Oh my God! What oh, is this man? Oh, where'd he go? I don't know where the fuck he went. Chicago, Arizona. Oh, I was close. Yeah, you were. I was close. Yeah. You was one of them. All right. Maybe that's a I think fuck. you should get this one. Right. This next one, I think. Yeah. Dmitry Kulikov. Oh fuck! I just saw his name the other day. This is rough. Is he? Did he go to the Preds. Predators. No. Okay. Uh, he was traded to the Ducks. Oh. Remember yeah. I was talking about when he him getting traded? Yes, I do. What was the trade? Yeah, well, was it a pick? Like a it was future considerations. Oh, okay. So you've officially failed the quiz. You're uh, <laughs> 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 one for five. <laughs> All right. Let's carry on. Colin Miller. Ooh. Now this one rings a bell. This was recent, wasn't it? Um, I think it was. Well, they're all within the past few months. No, I mean like a few weeks. I don't think so. Okay. 
I think this was an early free agent. All right. Man, where does Colin Miller fit in? Ottawa That's Senators. A- no, no, I take it back. I mm, do I? No, I don't. Ottawa Senators. Wrong. Okay. Dallas. Okay. Next up, <laughs> Chris Tierney. Chris Tierney, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, well, I know he's not in Ottawa. Um, went to the. He didn't go back to the Sharks, did he? He sounds like a, a, a decent contributor on the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> no, not Winnipeg. Still not Winnipeg. Florida Panthers. Oh, really? Yep. He made that roster. Well, he's on the team. Okay. Good for him. He was. He, that's the team that signed. Quality. Him. Good shit, Chris Tierney. Yeah, I contender. guess. I don't know. Uh, but I was expecting you to do a little bit better yeah. at this than you have I'm been. bombing this. You're bombing this, this terribly. Horrendous. Sam Steele. Ooh. Boston. Minnesota. Tough. Noel Achari. Don't think it's Boston. Don't think it's Florida. And he went to Vancouver. St. Louis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. And finally, <laughs> one for eight. We have here we one go. for nine. One for nine, yeah. Vladislav Nemesnikov. This was the last addition that I just made. Okay. Washington Capitals. Tampa Bay Lightning. Ah, oh, come on. All right. Here we go. I would have thought you would spend more time, like, looking at rosters and stuff. I did not. So this is, uh, this is someone needs to catch up. Literally. And it's you. And it, it, it is me. So there we go. There's our quiz. Um, this I, I think your worst performance of all time. I, I think it was the worst performance of all time, period. It doesn't have to be mine. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We've still got, like, plenty of time, yeah. actually. What if I, off the top of my head, make an easier version of this right, for you? you? Can, you can go ahead. All right, just kind of running through in my head yeah. some players who switch teams. Matthias Janmark. Hmm. Is this not any easier? It feels a bit easier. It feels like I should get this one, you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, let's pick Detroit. Wrong. Edmonton. Evan Rodriguez. Colorado. Yeah. There we go. Back on Sam track. Sam Gagne. Oh, fuck. Still on an NHL roster. Yeah. We're like, we talked about him not long ago. It was like, this was some teams like only signing or like one of very few NHL signings or like maybe even only one. The Islands? No. Oh. They went a while without signing someone. Yeah. Their most notable like signing besides acquiring Romanov and signing him was Dennis Chalowski this summer. <laughs> Uh, Minnesota. Winnipeg. Right. That's when I should have guessed Winnipeg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. We need to make this even easier, maybe. Yeah. We need slam dunks. David Perron. Ooh. Detroit. There we go. Evgeny Dadanov. Wait, one, one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Why why did you spend a little time thinking about that one? Yeah, no. He was the guy that... Yeah, I just had to confirm. I had to like remember the trade yeah. mm-hmm. from Vegas. Um, Max Pacioretty, Carolina. Matt Murray, Toronto. Johnny Gaudreau, Calgary. Oh. Yeah. There we go. Columbus. No shit. Oh, you're so good at that. I know. As soon as you make it incredibly easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last one for the road. Uh. Hmm. Colin Blackwell. Toronto. He was on Toronto last year. Ah. Chicago. Huh. So that's the end of the episode. There we go. Did I say just blew it? Rough note. Incredibly. Rough note. On that quiz. Yep. Uh, before we close out this short ep, let us check in mm. on the Sharks Preds game. See what's going on there. I won't look. All right. Uh, it is the middle of first intermission, okay. and it's still one one. All right, so predictions. How does this game end? Uh, three two. Sharks. I'm predicting an upset. Ooh. Yep. 
I am going to say uh three one mm. Nashville. Okay. Empty net goal? Or just straight no, up? Of course not. Okay. All right. I think three two overtime. All right. Ooh, yeah. overtime and you're no. Hmm? No, it's not happening. It's not happening. No way. Not a chance. You're guaranteed. Bet the farm. <laughs> Bet the farm. All right. This is the official Alex Mellerus guarantee. Is, there will not be overtime. He's staking his claim. In today's Nashville San Jose game. All right. What are you? What are you wagering? What are you risking? Everything. <laughs> Everything I own. You heard it here first. <laughs> it's on the public record, and uh, he'll be losing. For legal reasons, this is a joke. Yeah, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, he'll be stripped of his worldly possession <laughs> in the next 24 hours if everything breaks right, uh, and this game stretches past regulation time. Um, so there we go. It won't. It won't. It won't. He's just that sure. Guaranteed. Perfect. 100 percent sure. Mm-hmm. Good to know. We'll keep this in mind. All right. Well, well that's the end of this episode. Definitely circle back with us next week. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we will, especially from right. Which I will be, obviously. Um, next week we'll be back again, and the week after that, and 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 so on. I imagine, unless there's some kind of tragedy. <laughs> oh my God! I'm sorry. Holy fuck! I don't know why that thought <laughs> popped into my head. Um, my God. So yeah, follow us on Instagram then. A fusion <laughs> hockey podcast. Because <laughs> you'll never know when one of us dies. <laughs> Hey, I didn't say anything about death. Let's fucking enjoy it. Maybe I'll just like break my laptop or something. Maybe that's tragic. That is tragic. in a way, on a small scale. <laughs> yeah, I don't wish that personal loss upon you. <laughs> yeah, um, but of course, if the Sharks Preds game goes to overtime, I will lose my laptop because <laughs> it is among the things I own. You won't have any money to buy it either. To yeah. Buy a new one. Yeah. Uh huh. So in that case, we I will have to find other ways to record the podcast. So you better hope this game does not go to overtime. That's right. Okay. Um, you did the whole sign off. There's nothing else to add, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, cool. The end. <laughs> <laughs>